05 and 06 I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I miss my life, miss my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I invested in myself I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this and we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Championship Championship Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. And we have Alistair Isom here from the UK. Did I say that right? I, I almost always ask before I hit record, but how did I do with that last name? You got it spot on, mate. Pleasure to meet you. I appreciate it. Good. I, I guess I like to ask that before, but uh, regardless, I'm, I'm excited to have you here and appreciate you being here today. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Hopping right into it, I know you've listened to a few podcasts, so you got to know what the first question is coming up. Championship leadership is the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you? What does championship leadership mean to you when you hear that? So, so I thought about this when you, I, I listened to a podcast just now and I thought I better have an answer for that. And I thought, uh, I, thought um, I think what it occurred to me was people don't think of so many people, not, not everybody, but a lot of people don't think of leadership as a separate thing. They're kind of head of sales or they're head of marketing or they're, they're kind of, and, and they don't think of their role as leadership. Unless you're a CEO that's managed to delegate everything, and then yeah. you start to think, "Oh, yeah, what do I do? I guess I lead, right? I better better do it." So I think yeah. I think the the key thing that springs to mind is is almost a lot of people aren't even focusing on it because they're they're too busy doing their day job and they don't realise they have to do it. Um, but when you do realise you have to do it, um, as happened to me, then it becomes quite um, it's it's quite a challenge, and there's a lot to learn, and it's a shame more people don't kind of realise that sooner, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. You know, I've worked close to 300 episodes and I always get a different answer, which is awesome. And, and no one's really spoke to that before. I kind of take it, I probably take it for granted because, you know, I talk about leadership all the time. So I think of it separately every single day. But yeah, I think you're right. There's probably m more people that really more consumed with the title, the role that they're in versus the fact that they're leading people. Yeah, and I, I think my, my own personal journey, you know, I set up a business, bootstraps it and you're there. And you're just doing everything and you're involved in everything. And it's only really when you sort of get a team that you can trust that starts to take charge of it and everything sort of runs itself that you start to think, well, you know, I need to actually, um, I need to actually kind of focus on this new thing that I hadn't really been focusing on. I think there's a load of people in that position. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, let's talk a little bit about you for those that don't know who you are. Kind of give us a little background on your story, your journey and how that's taken you to, you know, where you are today and what it is that you're up to today. Yeah, so uh, I trained as an actuary, which is uh, for those of your listeners who don't know what an actuary is, it's sort of a consulting job for people who find accountancy uh, too exciting. 
Um, so I trained as an actuary. I wanted to escape that career. I, I kind of paid well, but I hated it. And uh, it's kind of really, really, really quite, can be quite a dull role. And to escape it, I set up my own business. Tried that once, learned how not to do it. Um, working with another guy where, where things went wrong and, and it all went pear-shaped. And then next second time around, I kind of figured it out and managed to get it right. And um, I set up a business, which uh, was a, it was software as a service before software as a service was a thing. And I just thought it was really cool that you could rent software to people. My dad rents farm buildings out to people, but he's only got so many. So when he's rented them all, that's it, his income's done. Whereas, yeah, he can build the odd extra one, but that's it. But whereas I'm renting software, you just, as soon as you find another client, you just make a copy, rent it again. And I thought yeah. back in 2004, I thought that was really cool. So I set this business up and what we did was we did electronic board papers. So people attend board meetings and they used to turn up with big hefty paper packs that had been prepared for them. Um, that arrived through the post a couple of days earlier. Now they turn it with iPads. And, you know, we took them on that journey from using paper packs to iPads, which surprisingly they hated at first, but eventually we kind of won them over. Um, and now everyone does it. So I ran that business. And that, you know, that was where I was, you know, where my leadership comment comes from. I ran that business for too long, oh, 15, 14 years, something like that. And yeah. um, eventually we, I exited it, sold it to our um, biggest US competitor. And... I guess what had happened while I ran that business is I've been on a little bit of a journey and um, I kind of, and it probably speaks to why I said that about the leadership point, because we were about 10 people at an early stage in the business and that, and I was meddling in everybody's business working 80 hours a week. And, and I think a lot of people fall into this trap. I didn't know what a CEO did. So yeah. what a CEO did in my world was, was like, I was just making sure everything was perfect. And I was running around policing quality on everyone's back, giving them a hard time. And I was working eight hours a week. They hated it, I'm pretty sure. They didn't say right. so at the time. Yeah. They, were, you know, they just wished I'd, I'd leave them alone because they wanted autonomy. I just thought, how can I ever make this big, yeah, business bigger? Because I, I can't make it 10 times bigger if because it's not 10 of me. So, yeah, right. so I, I tried to systemize my business with process, but and I tried to use that to control my business and it, and it didn't work. You can't do that. And eventually over a period of a couple of years, I learned that actually you can put process in place in a business and, and make it run really slickly. But the way to do it is to differently, the way to do it is to treat it not as something that you use to control your business, but as something that you, that empowers people. Um, anyway, I did that. And when I sold my business, I thought, you know, I need to teach this to some other people because I see a lot of founders, CEOs out there that haven't learned this stuff yet and are still wrestling their business off the ground. And so I set up Process Bliss with basically a, a software company, but but we uses the software I built in my old company to manage this issue. Um, but yeah, trying to transform this perception of process from being something that's controlling and, and horrible to something that could be possibly empowering and reassuring and, and liberating. So now I do that, I run that business part-time i got a great team working for me and i i invest in other tech, tech businesses as well so i've got about 15 other mainly tech businesses that, that i've invested in that they're pretty much all by one are doing pretty well so yeah yeah that's incredible that's great yeah software is uh how does one get into software i have a, a friend that has a pretty successful and up-and-coming software company for business coaches as well and, uh, you know, he's, he's not a tech guy, but, you know, that's the one thing that I think maybe some people, when you think software, you think you, you got to be the guy that probably creates it and codes it and, and comes up with it. But I don't think that's probably the case all the time. So yeah, how was that journey for you? Was that the same for you or? 
Yeah, no, I was a, kind of good at maths and pretty okay at software when I was very young. I had, had a little BBC computer, which was the computer of choice in the UK at the time when I was back in the, the 80s. Um, and, um, but that, no, I wasn't a software person. And I, I tried to, I wanted to do something in software and I actually tried, whilst the business that I mentioned that didn't work was going down the pan, I had some time. So I actually learned to code and I was rubbish at it. I mean, I was really used yeah. to it. <laughs> I built this website. It was like, a, there's a website called Checker Trade, which actually has been successful over here. But, you know, it reviewed tradespeople and stuff and, and matched them all up. And it kind of worked, but it looked horrible. I couldn't get people to use it. And I kind of thought, oh, this isn't working. So I had my software idea and I partnered and gave 50% of the business to a tech company that wanted to, to invest in it. And they said, yeah, we'll take 50% of the business and, and we'll, we'll help you get it set up. And that was really grateful for them to do that. After about a year and a half, they'd spent a fortune developing the product and we got very, we hadn't got very far and I was determined to make it work and they'd lost faith. And so they kind of said, we don't want to do this anymore. You're going to have to sort it out for yourself. Yeah. So um, I kind of got the servers and had to kind of go hunting around for some other tech people to do it. So I kind of, I kind of just hunted around and found people to, yeah, to do stuff bet. in the early days. And, um, yeah, I think had, there was a shortcut there in that we used a, we kind of built on something that already existed, which made it a lot easier and started by selling a slightly modified version of something that was already out there. But that, that soon changed. And then gradually learned how to do it, you know? Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. Who have been some championship leaders in, inside of your life that have impacted you getting back championship leadership team? Who, you know, it's always interesting too. Sometimes I got some people that are like, well, no one. And I'm like, no one, come on. You got to give me someone. Like someone has made an imprint on your life. But yeah, so... If, for you, you know, coach, mentor, leader, it's across your life. And what is it about them as well? Like, what are some of the characteristics that have stood out? The thing is, I've only, I'll, I'll give you an answer. And it is a bit of a no one, but I'll give you a, 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 my answer anyway. But, um, no, 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 but I didn't work. But after saying that, you're like, man, I got to I gotta think of someone. <laughs> I've been running my own business for a long time. So I haven't really worked for people. I haven't worked for anybody since, um, since I was kind of in my late 20s. Um, really, and I had the, I had the one leader that I had since then was the guy I, I set up this business with, um, but he was a role model in how not to do it. He really was. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I don't want to go there. You know, well, there's a lot to be said about that too, right? I mean, we can learn from. People right, I learned a lot from that. Way. I mean, yeah, when, yeah. when I set up my first successful business, I basically did the opposite of what they did uh-huh. um, in lots of ways, and you know, so there's lot, lots of stuff like that. But I, I think one of the most influential things on me. And I'll, I'll give a plug here to something called Vistage. Um, but is I joined Vistage when I wanted to solve this problem. I basically came to a conclusion whilst I was going on this, this journey and whilst I was figuring out this process stuff that I, I wanted to, I needed, I kept making mistakes and I wanted other people around me that, that could kind of predict those mistakes before they happen because it would make it a lot easier than learning everything the hard way. And when you're running your own business, you don't have a lot of, you know, there aren't any, there's no one up there necessarily with you all the time guiding you, especially if you're a sole founder of a business as I was. So I joined a CEO network and the one I chose was Vistage and it's been brilliant mm-hmm. because you get surrounded by 15 CEOs from all different you know, backgrounds and they've all got different experience. You've got estate agents, you've got double glazing companies, you've got uh, people who do all sorts of wacky sort of stuff and you go along and you just kind of learn with them and ask them to help you with your business issues. Yeah, that's been one of the most influential things, just having all those people around me. And, and so I've learned from all of them in different ways. I've learned from the ones that are really successful um, yeah. and I just got it absolutely spot on and know how to do everything. But I tell you, what, I learn more from the ones that don't know how to do it, but, you know, have, have issues and 
you kind of sit and work through those issues with them and just the whole experience of it has been has been yeah really absolutely cool. i thoroughly recommend that for anybody that um you know is in that position so yeah called vistage is that right yeah 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 yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, uh, surround yourself with others that are kind of in that similar space and similar path and kind of learn together, right? Rising tide raises all ships. So I like that. What's the vision for you and what, what you are looking to do? Championship leaders, we, you know, in the States, I don't, are you an American football guy at all? No, I'm afraid I'm not. I'm a soccer guy. So yeah, um, soccer yeah, guy. All right. So, you know, I, there's a few coaches that are in the States, you know, they just continue to rise to the top every year. Bill Belichick of the Patriots, Nick Saban of Alabama in college football. And, and uh, it's just impressive to me because in order to do that and to do it year after year, especially when you're competing against the best of the best in the world, you know, you have to have an incredible vision and courage to take action on it. So you know, what's the vision for you, maybe even short term, next five years, and, and probably more importantly than that, the impact that you want to make in that time frame? Yes. So my main focus, I'm very determined about it. I'm very focused on it. And it's the reason I sold my previous business. I In that previous business, I had built, built this kind of way of managing process and this software product that managed process. And I looked at all these other people around me in my little CEO network and all the other CEOs that I know. And there seems to be this endemic problem in business where people cannot let go of their business. They passionately love it. Founders in particular, but they passionately mm-hmm. love their business. They're working in it, not on it. They, they're, kind of, they're kind of so involved in it and they're pissing off their staff and excuse my language, but they're, they're annoying their staff. And you kind of feel sorry for them because they're so, so intense and it's making them unhappy. And that's where I was and I found a way out of it. And process was my way out of it. It unlocked something for me which suddenly made my business transform from me kind of being on top of everything and on top of everybody to suddenly them taking responsibility for everything and them running things through these processes and me just gaining this increasing and increasing level of trust. And I remember saying to my EA at the time, you know, the less I do, the better it gets. And and I literally was just like giving them more and more and more and they would take it and take it, take it and love it. And for me, that was just quite transformational. And it was this little process thing that unlocked it. So where my future lies is kind of trying to take that to the world. And it's the reason I sold my previous business. You know, I got, got to a point where I've done that. And now this seems so much bigger and so much, so much better. And so that's where process based fits in. And it's where a book called the dirty word about it as well. It's where that fits in, which is really, it's called the dirty word because the problem with process is everybody hates it and they treat it like it's this dirty word. I came up with the name as an aside. I came up with the name because I was, as, uh, we're all working from home these days and we're just yeah. at the end of COVID when my wife had a friend around and she's in the kitchen, my wife's friend's in the kitchen and I'm kind of, I'm upstairs working, which is where my office is. And I, I pop down and my wife's friend goes, oh, here he is, Mr. Process. Mr. <laughs> and, you know, and she's going, Mr. Routine, Mr. Boring. Yeah. Yeah. And then my wife starts chipping in. This is the woman who's known me for the 30 years, starts chipping in. Yeah, boring, and not, not spontaneous, you know. And, like, and I'm thinking, this isn't me, this isn't fair, this isn't true. Just piling you know? on. Yes. And, um, <laughs> and I thought, it's purely because of the word process that everyone has kind of sticks you with the label, no one wants anything to do with you. And, yeah. and, and so my mission with the product is for those people who are interested, for me to help them kind of unlock this and help them become better leaders and free them from their businesses and help their businesses run themselves. But my mission with the dirty word and the book is really to kind of get across that message um, to support that, which is that you've got it. If you think process is evil, you've got it wrong. It, isn't. it can actually be a really helpful, supportive thing for your, for your team. And you know, 
it links back to the whole theme, which I know you must get into all the time about, you know, a lot of leadership stuff is really about just letting go. It's really mm-hmm. about trusting yeah. people, empowering right. them and letting go. And that, if you do that with process, it, it works. So, so yeah, I'm determined to transform, to make every CEO I can come across who's unhappy with this situation happy. That's, that's kind oh, of- Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's incredible. It is a dirty word. It's, you know, I, yeah, I hear that word and I skin on, you know, my back kind of crawls a little bit. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's just, but, but at the same time, I say that jokingly because I know how important and how incredible having systems, especially coming from the military, obviously procedures and standing operating procedures and systems and processes uh, is, is huge. So, yeah. But there's like a, a defiant part of me that, you know, feels like you're uh you're boxed into a corner when you have systems but the, i know that's not the way to look at it right but that's probably where a lot of people come from when they think of that right yeah it is and it's trying to break that down because most people don't even want to engage to even discuss that i mean i've got friends yeah. that won't they're, they're like no what you do is just wrong it's just it's like locking people down controlling them disempowering them i'm like uh-huh. no it's not it's the opposite you just don't get it read my book <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly uh where can we get the book by the way if you search just about uh, unfortunately, anywhere the name gets a bit confusing because there are some other dirty words on amazon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you look on amazon the dirty word you'll find mine is the the white and gray one it's the blue okay. and gray one so yeah. Uh, yeah very important yeah side note there very cool. What's uh switch uh, frames here a little bit? Let's think of a time in your life, kind of a critical moment, fork in the road time where you know you had to make a decision. And I think there's a lot of people there right now with everything going on in our world. Obviously, you made the decision that you did, which has you where you are today. But had you not, you'd be in a very different place. Is there a moment or two that you can think of that comes to mind that you could share with the listeners? Uh, always a lot of power in hearing other people's stories and how they navigated those times. Do you know the thing that springs to mind when you say that? And I, I don't know whether it was an actual point in time, but um, it was when I was setting up the business, the, the businesses that were successful, the Ballpacks business, um, it's called eShare, but Ballpacks was the product. When I was setting up that business and I was working at home, it was just me in it, and I'd got this big book about this thick of all the potential clients that I could have, and I had none of them. Yeah. Um, maybe I got one, I don't know, but... Um, there were two and a half thousand it was pension funds so there were two and a half thousand pension funds and I was calling them all up and just went through the book I got up in the morning as soon as work did a little bit of work I I had to do around the day but then from the morning to night I was on the phone on the phone calling calling. I hate that by the way I don't I don't I'm not a salesperson and my wife said to me why don't you give up and and I was like I'm really sick of this it's getting me down I'm depressed I'm I, I can't I don't know how much longer I can keep it up and my wife said, why don't you just go and get a consulting job? And at the time I went, hackles came up and I felt bad. And now I know she, she was just kind of saying the logical thing, like yeah. if, it's not, if it's making you unhappy, don't do it. And, right. um, and I think at that point in time, while she was absolutely right to offer me that advice, um, I think I plowed on through. And I think the one thing that successful people, especially with startups have, and it, it, a lot of your listeners have probably gone through this already, but the one thing that successful people do when they start their own business is they have determination. I don't think I don't think it's about how smart you are or how good the yeah. idea is necessarily. I think it's about the determination just to keep going until you are successful because it's so easy to just think this is never going to work and give up. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's the bit I'm I'm proud I carried on and I'm proud I saw it through. And when I when you know part of me wanted to wanted to give up. 
So yeah, I think and if they've got anybody out there who is setting up their business or is it, you know, young leaders who are just kind of want to get into it and they, you know, I think that's a real if you as long as you just keep going, and Elon Musk is the prime example, right? That guy's nuts. Yeah, I mean, yeah absolutely. I'm gonna make rockets take off into space, I'm gonna sell it to NASA and I'm gonna go make them land again where they took off. Yeah. It's like you're nuts, yeah. right? You're never, yeah. then he, he just does it, right? It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So, and yeah. he never gives up. So yeah. So when your wife says that to you, in your mind, it was more like um, that would be giving up, like I'm not giving up, I'm going to make this work type yeah, uh, no, mindset. It was, it was uh, succeed or die. I yeah. mean, it, it really was. I mean, I didn't want to go back to working again in yeah. that way that work. I mean, work, I always thought work was a bit of a trap, right? Yeah. You know, it's sort of like we get slaved to a screen. Well, back then we did anyway. Now it's the last few years have been brilliant in breaking this down. But we used to be, get put in a seat, made to stare at a screen, told we can't do anything other than this stuff. And right. we have to do that from nine till five. And, and, yeah. we, and, we, and we have to do it because we need an income. And it's kind of like a form of modern slavery, right? I mean, yeah, right. It's sort of, and I, wanted, I didn't mind hard work, but I wanted it to be what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it, how I wanted to do it. And so I really didn't want to go back to that as I perceived it. And this was the only way out for me. It was succeed yeah, or die, yeah, really. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, not really, though. I can I can relate for sure as an entrepreneur. You got this thing and you're going to make it work. And when you feel like it's not, it, it uh, you just got to keep going. I don't know if it's stupid or smart, but I'm still here today. And obviously you made it through. So there's a lot to be said about that for sure. As we start to wrap this up, you know, if there were one or two things that you could give the listeners that if they were to take action, it would help move their life forward today, what would that be? Oh, well, I'd have to take that back to my little mission, which is about process, right? So I know mm-hmm. that'll, that'll turn everybody off because I mentioned the word process. <laughs> no, not at all. But, um, I think the thing I'd say is, you know, rethink it and and look at it differently. And, you know, you'd, it's in my, uh, read my book, obviously, but um, really rethink the whole kind of concept of process because process is there, if, you, if it's done right, it's like a supporting tool to help people do a brilliant job and everybody wants to do a good job. But the trouble is people, as soon as they touch it and put it in place, they just start to, to use it to control the business and they treat it like it's more important than the people they've got themselves. And that's just, and that's why they don't want to do it. So, you know, it would be to try and look at it differently, read some of the messaging I put out there about it, kind of take a fresh look at it and stop treating it like it's an evil thing there to enslave you. Embrace the process. I like it. Absolutely. Other than going to Amazon, the dirty word, make sure that it's by Alistair Isom and not somebody else if you want the right book and message. But uh, what are some other ways that we can follow you or find more info about what you're up to? Well, you can um, contact me. Um, I'm very happy for leaders to contact me about this issue. So, uh, you know, I'm always interested in hearing what struggles people have with process. Way to do that is, I think my email address is on my website or via Twitter, Alistair Eason, all one word. So, yeah, I mean, that'd be, that'd be a great call to action. But you can go to my website, follow me. You can do the dirty word assessment as well. But, uh, okay. yeah, if you if your listeners want to get in touch, love to hear from them. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get all that linked up for you listening in right now so that you can you know, click the button easily from the show notes. So appreciate you taking some time, Alistair. It, it has been a pleasure. Thank you. Brilliant. Okay. Cheers. Nice talk to me. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. 
But when I got back, I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage It's never been better than this And we got three kids That's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, Bailey. Championship, championship, championship leadership podcast. Championship leadership podcast. With Nate Bailey.